Oh, what's that? Oh, just the photo album of a gorgeous couple on their wedding day. Let's uh, get a nice bottle of red and look through it tonight, shall we? Yeah, sounds like a plan. I know you two would fall for each other. Oh, that little baby shop in Charlton's got an offer on reusable nappies. So I thought I might pop down there once I've dropped him off with Abby. Do you have to? I am not having the landfill conversation with you again, Imran. Disposable nappies. No, no, I'm not talking about that. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. Welcome to episode 208 of the Talk of the Street, another official Coronation Street catch-up podcast that doesn't know how they're going to cope without Imran's silly songs at breakfast. And why didn't we have more of that when we had the chance? Damn it, I'm Gavin! <laughs> and the Oscar goes to. And I've got new ink. You have got new ink. Yes. Yes, it's, it's good that, I mean, this appointment was made months ago. This appointment? This appointment to get my ink. Oh. To get my new tattoo was made months ago. Months before we even knew Charlie was leaving the show. <laughs> but it just so happened. Your Charlie DeMello tattoo. <laughs> it's not. A, <laughs> unless he's got cinnamon buds you know, stuck to the be. side of it his could, head. It could be. It's Princess Leia. Or General Organa, as I like to think of her. But anyway. It just so happened to fall on this week. So having that to look forward to and having that to enjoy kind of made this week hurt a little less. See, for me, I had to go and get my driving license renewed or driver's license, as it's called over here. Yes. And God, they wanted me to smile today as I went into the Secretary of State <laughs> to get it renewed. And as I stood up against that. That white background, and I just could not smile. Poor wee Gav. Also, I seem to be finding it very difficult to keep my head square. That's probably the COVID, isn't it? I don't know. She took the photograph once, and my head was too far back, so there was glare coming from my, my, my glasses. glasses. It's so, so said, tough to get it with glasses anyway. So I said, you need to uh, lean forward a little bit. So I leaned forward a little bit. And I, I'm not kidding when they showed me the picture I'm like this <laughs> it's like I'm saying oh really <laughs> it's that angle it's the oh really angle and then she said to me do you want me to take it again now this is the second time they've taken it uh-huh. so there's a line right? because you make an appointment to go to this place now right? you don't just turn up No, it's somebody's job to sit out front and tell people that they need an appointment. Yes. That is the most thankless job I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I but had I've that issue at the Social Security office. So I had an appointment. Yes. But it's not an appointment to be seen. It's an appointment to join the line to be seen. <laughs> so at 10 past midday, I joined the line. So I've already had two photographs right. taken. If I say I want a third one taken... They're baying for my blood because there's people in the line behind me. And plus, I don't want to be that guy that wants three photographs taken. So I just said it's fine. 
So that's what my driving license is going to be like. Hmm. At least I'm only stuck with it for, what, three years? Remember your last one from the UK where you looked like a terrorist? I did not look like a terrorist. I looked a little bit like a terrorist. (laughs) And then my first uh, work uh, pass, I looked like Prince. Yeah, you didn't. I had the kind of little moustache thing going and... I was just back from a holly bob, so it was quite tan. Your hair. At that point. My darling. Oh, it was very b- <laughs> buffon. It was not. Oh, well, you haven't seen the photograph, <laughs> so I'm going to have to insist that I know more about it than you do. I've seen multiple photographs of you. You've never had curly hair. Oh, well, you haven't seen this photo. <laughs> anyway. I have a Princess Leia tattoo now where she's in a um, Rosie the Riveter pose and she's got a Band-Aid on her arm. And that's my COVID, my ode to COVID. Why would you want an ode to to COVID? We want to forget it as much as possible. Yeah, that's never going to happen that we forget it. No, we want to forget it. No. We want reminders of it. We want to remember it so the next time we'll know what to do <laughs> right. as a society. Yeah. Good luck for that. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a symbol of strength. You know, and saying my general always has my back. And vaccines work. Well. And also it's just a banging tattoo. All of my friends <laughs> if, like if it. If you do say so yourself. It is. And I do. Yeah. My friend Andrew called it badass. Badass, what? Badass, yeah. <laughs> there you go then. It, it's confirmed. Absolutely, yeah. Andrew has spoken. Andrew has spoken. Yes, yeah, so we had a really exciting week. You got your driver's license renewed. That was oh, just and we, today. And we got the registration renewed for the car. Did you that did come that. through? Yeah, yeah, I stuck it on this morning. I got mine done as I was at Secretary of State. Secretary of State. So exciting. I know. Getting to put the new little tag on. <laughs> what I did do that was quite exciting was for people who enjoyed doing the lottery, the UK lottery, that is, mm. there's a site called lotterysearch.org. Oh. And if you put in your numbers, like I had a set line of numbers that I would put on every week. Right. Because I had a conversation with my friend David Bowker when the lottery started that he just picked got a random number generator and got six numbers and he says these are the worst numbers in the world mm-hmm. they're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 and 27 mm-hmm. and he said they're terrible numbers even though mm. every set of six numbers has as much chance as right. the, the next Any, set yeah. but they, it just looks like a terrible set of numbers Right. but now I can't not put those numbers on because they're right. impossible to forget. Right. So if they come up and I haven't put it on, I'm going to know that I missed out. Right. But then he told me. Right. And I'm like, well, now I'm exactly the same. <laughs> I, I, so the two of us put on 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 and 27 for years and years and years. And I used to get three numbers quite regularly, mm-hmm. which would give me £10. Right. What lotresearch.org does uh-huh. is it checks... Every single instance of the lottery to see how much you'd have won had you played these numbers every single week. Now, I remember that the first week I didn't play them, 
phone numbers came up because it was a week after my dad died mm-hmm. and I didn't get a chance to put them on. And right. phone numbers came up. Okay. And that was what my memory is. And that memory has been confirmed by this website because of 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 and 27, phone numbers came up in 1998 and then came up again in 2016. <laughs> this, is, this is so much more exciting than your driver's license. I know. So anyway, so for anyone out there in the UK who wants to check their numbers to see how much they would have won. Why would anyone want to do that? Because it Why pro- would you want to torture yourself like that? Because it proves how futile it is putting the lottery on. Because I think over the years I would have won 900 quid out of those numbers. But it would have cost me £3,000 right. to put it on. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, lotterysearch.org. Yeah, but the National Lottery pays for like movies and stuff right yeah and charities and things and and education yeah yeah so it's it's still a worthy thing to do <laughs> because your money's going to worthy well causes. it's just kind of a pseudo tax really isn't it yeah paying for things that the government don't want to pay for right yeah <clears throat> like our michigan lottery yeah pays for education anyway it was quite a big week on coronation street so i guess we, it, we it really was, should Mahusev. Maybe start even thinking about talking about it. I mean, we've kind of hinted at it already. Yes. So anyway, (sighs) why don't you give us, (laughs) as I fumble through the buttons here, give us some of that fortuitous Corey news? Badass Corey news? Thank you, Andrew. My friend Andrew, I've known him since high school. The TRIC awards, is that how they're called? The T what? TRIC. Is it trick? Do they say trick or do they say so. TRIC? I don't think they say either. Well, then what do they call them? I don't know what these things are. I don't know. Anyway, the nominations have been announced with Corey leading the soaps. Sally Carmen and Simon Gregson were both nominated for Best Soap Actor. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the show was nominated for Best Soap. All of the other soaps just got one actor and then Best Soap, but Corey got two. And one of them was Simon Gregson. I'm not saying that he's a bad actor. No. At all. No. But I'm just surprised that he's the one that they pick out. Yes. The, the, the nine million people that are currently on Coronation Street. Right. Yeah. For this TRIC standard? I have no idea. I'm glad I asked. Yes. Shall <laughs> I find out? I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. You, you do that while I, while I continue. Okay. Speaking of awards, we have a new MBE on the cobbles. Helen Worth, our Gale, was awarded as part of the Queen's birthday honors list. Happy birthday to the Queen. We, we're celebrating a lot over here in the United States, aren't we? Oh, it's her jubilee. I don't think it's her birthday, is it? Yeah. Didn't she turn? Yeah. That's uh, not her official birthday, I don't think. Yeah, she turned 96. Now that's another thing I need to look up. <laughs> no, our birthday's the 21st of April. Right, yeah. But this was part of the birthday honours that just got released. I don't know. Apparently, it was a complete surprise for Miss Worth to be included, but she was happy to have been so. Breaking news. It's funnier when I do it. TRIC uh-huh. stands for the Television and Radio Industries Club. Ooh, that makes sense because... Podcasts are nominated for this thing as well. Right. Not us. Simon Gregson seems to be the chairman. Hmm. Hmm. 
We love you, Simon. We really do. We love your Muppet face. And finally, a moment of silence for Imrod's beard. As Charlie DeMello has snapped a clean-shaven picture of himself on the Twitter. And on the Reddit. Reddit is a toxic place. I'm never there. I... Because Twitter's a paradise. Compared to Reddit, I may never be happy again. We all know how I feel about beards. Just think, Andrew said that your tattoo is badass. Yes. And you will never be clean-shaven again for the rest of your life. Well, sometimes mistakes happen. If you ever, if you ever shaved completely, if you ever became clean-shaven... I would get bangs. Well, it happened that time. I would get bangs. When I, um, I was trimming my beard and I had the guard down too low. Right, yeah. And you looked awful. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> and amongst the honours list, I think it's fair that we also mention Anthony Cotton, who also got an MBE, yeah. for his uh, charity work and uh, support for armed forces and stuff. Why did I not see that? Why was that not in my Google alerts for Coronation Street? I think you need to take that up with Ian Google and see what he has to say about it. Ian Google, shame on you. Yeah, prick. Yeah. So much worse than his brother, Keith. Keith Google. Keith Google. He is a shitbag, right enough. And that's Corey News. Oh, no, that's that's your line. (laughs) That's Corey News. And now we'll podcast for coffee. Thank you to Canadian Helen. Thank you, Canadian Helen. Thank you very much, Canadian Helen, for your very generous donation to buy us our coffees this week. We're drinking coffee because it's... Well, we're not drinking coffee. It's 8.06 at night. Yes, I'm drinking iced tea out of my Mayor McCheese glass. And I am drinking a Guinness Zero, which has to be the best non-alcoholic beer I've ever had. Yes, out of your Grimace glass. It's... Even better than Heineken Zero, which they serve in the Rovers, and yes. which Tyrone had last week. I'll <laughs> take a pint of Zero. Oh. That's how you ask for that now. Classy. You don't say, you don't have any non-alcoholic beers, do you? Yeah, I've got a dusty O'Doul's. Right. Oh, well, I'll have one of them. You ask for I'll have a Zero, please. A pint of Zero, please, uh, pint of Daisy. Zero. Yeah. We should start serving the Guinness. Zero. It tastes exactly like Guinness. It tastes exactly like Guinness. It was shocking. It is maybe just a little bit sweeter in the aftertaste. You think? Maybe just a little bit. But I'm I'm picking hairs here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Canadian Helen says, Hello, Helen and Gavin. Please enjoy a coffee from Canadian Helen. Yay! As you complete your Cross the States tour. We're getting close to that. That's yeah. just like three such, weeks away, four weeks away. Such a Such a busy couple of months we're going to be having here like mm. every every weekend from now until we leave yeah it's we're recording on a friday night again because we have two soccer games tomorrow no we have one soccer game tomorrow in the morning and then sunday we have two yes right it's very hard to keep track of this yes but this is our last soccer weekend or football if, if you, you prefer, prefer. So yeah, if you think that this top quality banter <laughs> between Helen and I about driver's licenses is worth and the lottery and the lottery and the pointlessness 
of it all. If that's worth any more than your time, you can go to ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street and buy us next week's coffee and we'll be very appreciative like we just are for Canadian Helm. Thanks again, Canadian Helm, for your your generous coffee purchasing skills. Yeah, thank you. And now it's Helen's favourite section, YouTube's. Boo. Boo. <laughs> oh, some resistance to YouTube's. <laughs> this is our section where we talk about what's new in our YouTube channel. There's the regular stuff. There's last week's podcast. There's last night's Corey in under four minutes. Ooh. Although this week it's last night's Corey under two minutes. What? And I stopped doing the favourite clips because that seemed a... It seemed to me like I was kind of pissing on your chips for picking moment of the week. So I kind of stopped doing it. That's fine. The extra bit this week is The Siege of Freshco, which I'm particularly proud of the title screen that I made for it and the choice of opening music that I challenge anyone to try and guess what my thought process was for coming up with the song that I did for Carry On Freshco Siege. If any of that sounds like it might tickle your fancy... You can head over to youtube.com slash the Talk of Street Podcast, smash that subscribe button, and let your police officer girlfriend take care of that notification bell. And now, this. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to last year tonight with me, John Oliver. Just enough time to quickly talk about Hotel Metcalf. 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 Does this have something to do with Tim? That's right. This was Gary starting again with Maria like they didn't know each other. But Gary's saying that he would invite Maria over, but, but he's, he's staying, staying at, at Hotel, Hotel Metcalf. Metcalf. That's right. Remember when Gary was staying with Tim and Sally for some reason? Yeah. They had uh, matching dressing gowns, didn't they? They did. Something like that. And they, and they both sat around the living room with their legs wide open. Oh, yes, they did. Because they are men. I was Gavin and you are still in Twitter jail. <sighs> Rest in peace to my my personal Twitter account. Did you even attempt to get that reactivated? Not the second time. Not the second time. The first time I did. And then the second time, it's like, this is this is bullshit. You know, all I'm doing is posting things that I'm selling on Etsy and you're shutting me down. And yet this guy over here is being super racist Mm -hmm. and misogynistic and you're doing nothing. It's your friend Andrew again. (laughs) It was so not Andrew. But anyway, yeah. Get on the phone to Craig Twitter and get it sorted out. uh, You know what? I've, I've got the list of lists podcast Feed. I very rarely tweet as myself. Yeah. I haven't said that I've done it twice today, but right. I very rarely. Just yeah, I just use list of lists and that seems to work out fine because I'm basically talking about pop culture things. Yeah. Like somebody somebody tweeted about, you know, tweeted asking for recommendations of feminist horror films because they were really disappointed in men, which I'm assuming we're going to be going to see this weekend. Yes. And uh, and I recommended Lady Vengeance. And, and she liked it. So, you know. 
So you got out of the Twitter jail and then you went straight back in it again and then yeah. you never came out. That's right. We still hadn't watched the World War Z or World War Z if you prefer because I, Rich Lee made far too much of a big deal about it. And we still have it. No one could imagine the busyness of Jenny's day and even if they could, they surely couldn't imagine the shocking chain of events that would involve her being admitted to hospital or Johnny threatening to have a word with Ronnie. I attempted to watch Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo before World War Z. Wow. I am so ashamed. If that isn't if that isn't the middle finger to Rich Lee, I don't know what is. <laughs> Adam has second thoughts about giving Peter twos up on his liver while Sarah and Carla recover the knickers stolen by Lucas. Lucas stole knickers. Right under the nose <sighs> of a bumbling security guard, remember? Gary's been a good guy for months now, which makes Maria decide to reevaluate the relationship over talk of mouse trap and gorillas in captivity. The day of Seb's funeral has arrived and some stock taken by Abby makes her remember that Nina was a vital part of her son's life, while ITV Corey makes an ill-advised return to the street. Sharon carries a fully charged taser. Face ID was temporarily a thing, and ITV Stefan was dead all along. Her moment of the week was Abby making amends with Nina, and her boring moment of the week was the technical specifications of Sam's telescope. That was Coronation Street and the Talk of the Street this time last year, which means I think we're a year away from Avit. Oh dear. Yeah, which I think always got far too much praise. Yeah. I suppose it was funny at the time. Well, it was funny once. But here is me complaining that Avit was funny once when I've made one or two run a crush jokes in my life and I may be making another one this week. And I actually made one on the Twitter this week when I shared our uh, our polls for a list of lists podcast that if you're crushed like Rada at the death of Imrod, I was quite proud of that. There you go. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Shall we dive in, my dear? <sighs> for Britain's Got Talent Week. Yes, please. Coronation Street. They they cut that. Uh, they cut they cut Tim's dad's audition. They didn't they didn't broadcast it. Who didn't? Amer- uh, Britain's Got Talent. I was called that. America's America. Got Talent. <laughs> yeah, remember I talked about it in uh, Corey News a, a couple of I months don't ago. Listen to Corey News. <laughs> that that he had auditioned to raise more awareness for victims of domestic. Yeah, vaguely. There's a woman on it that's professional and it's uh, making my blood boil. But anyway. Anyway. So we only had five half hours as opposed to the six. So it's a little bit of a shortened week, but it's just the one storyline. Yeah, pretty much. Just the one storyline. So let's let's jump in, shall we? Yes. To this week's Britain's Got Talent Week, Coronation Street. Yes. It was a good week. It was a good week. It was a sad week, but everybody was just... Doing their best work. When I was think, thinking back to Horror Nation Street, uh-huh. I, I was too busy. There was too many things yes. that were happening at the same time. Far too busy. This is really just a nice and simple And far too story many line. ridiculous things. There are no floating guns this time around. I'm no. very happy about that. No more. Just say no to floating guns. But there are flashbacks and flash forwards. Yeah, I'm and okay I'm with that. Sure I, mm, I'm, I'm not sure that's Corey. Look, I will take it over floating guns. Okay. <laughs> so we start on Monday with a flash forward. There's lots of cops on the street. There's Abby and Kev being interviewed. Imran in voiceover explaining that everything that he did, he did for Toya Everything and he do. But he did wrong. He do it so for you. So very wrong. And he's sorry. 
back to the current timeline. And Toya is fussing in the kitchen. I thought she was getting baby food out of a jar, but it was actually Marmite. Vegemite that she was getting out of a jar. It was Marmite. She said Vegemite. Did she? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because she wouldn't have Marmite because she's a vegetarian. There you go. Yeah. That's why that makes sense. It does. But then Ron comes in with the mail, including their wedding album, which they arranged to look at that evening. Meanwhile, Toya has plans to nip to an artisan reusable nappy manufacturer once Abby has picked up Alfie. Enron still has concerns about this, especially after Kev's outburst, but goes along with a plan. And Toya doesn't have to have the landfill conversation with Imran again. No. Again. Again. Fucking yes. Imran. That's like the conversation that I'm constantly having with you about having to rinse out recyclables and what is a recyclable and how many things they take out of the recycling bin yeah. that aren't recyclables. Far better just to recycle nothing. <laughs> Meanwhile, Abby is meeting up with her forger friend and picking up those quick turnaround Costa Rica visas ready for her bunk. She seems to be looking for a guarantee that it'll work, but the guy shrugs... And he fucks off saying, you knew the risks. It's a sizable wedge that she gives him. Yeah. I mean, so many of those things these days have like electronic coding and stuff on them. It'd be very hard to really counterfeit. What's it saying about Costa Rica? And it's, you know, uh, things, have to be, things have to be scanned these days. Like your passport has to be scanned. Yeah. Plus the fact you don't need a visa to go to Costa Rica. Anyway, anyway, later, Leanne is visiting Toya. It's Cousin Kirsty's birthday. And Ooh. Leanne wants Toya to take the pressure off her, having to socialise with her family by coming along and bringing Alfie. Toya points out that Abby's got Alfie today, so Leanne tells her to postpone that until later. And also, Leanne doesn't seem to think that that's a great idea, neither. Right. Then Abby is round at Kev's now to say goodbye to Jack. She doesn't want to leave him, and he doesn't want her to leave neither. But Abby can't lose another kid and let someone else more adequately razor litter than her right next we see kelly trying to noise ben up for his drug use and loose relationship with the truth and that attracts abby to come along and join in and to explain to kelly that ben is now working at the solicitors then abby gets a text from toya with news of the change of plan dum, dum, dum. cousin kirsty's uh birthday takes precedent after Who? all so Abby hightails it to Toya's, what's the big idea, eh? We had an agreement that Abby would get Alfie for the day. And Toya is apologetic, explains the circumstances of going to Cousin Kirsty's birthday and suggests postponing Abby time until tomorrow. This will not do. And Abby has a fit until she appreciates how this looks and she winds her neck and saying that tomorrow will be fine. So she goes round to the garage to complain to Kev about this. Her tickets are for today. Today, I tells you. Uh-oh. Kev reassures her that Toya and Alfie are going nowhere which sounds more ominous than intended, I think. Yes. He's going to do something about this. Uh-oh. Like maybe have a wash or something. <laughs> meanwhile... <laughs> that will never happen. Meanwhile, Kelly has gone to the... Sl- they must know. Somebody said on the Twitter that he's been begging the show to let him shave and they won't <laughs> let him. <laughs> I because- don't know if that's true or not, but... Because this week particularly... He looked awful. And it's starting to get some traction online and social media now saying that man could stand under a shower for a week and yeah. still look filthy. Yeah. And yeah. He, he could. Yeah. Because I've been saying for probably months. Like every time Abby says to his face, I love you, I'm like, why? <laughs> and it's not just because he's a dick anymore. It's just, look at him. Look at him. It's not even to have a shave. It's just... Get your hair cut and have a wash. 
I'd buy a new coat for Christ's sake. It's like three different shades of purple now because it's so faded. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of my Boston Red Sox t-shirt. <laughs> that is 23 years old. Hmm. Can still fit in it. Meanwhile, Kelly has gone to the solicitor's office to have a word with Imran, but ends up winding up Ben instead. Imran comes in and throws Ben out unceremoniously when he sees Kelly. Did you feel like there was maybe a little sexual tension there between Ben and Kelly? I'm tempted to use the word frisson. (laughs) Just tempted. (laughs) I've felt there was a little... He was testing the waters there a little bit. He was. He was definitely testing the and waters. she was using her charms to get some info out yes, of him. Yes, yes, she was. <clears throat> Kelly senses that there's no love lost between Imran and Ben, which makes her wonder why Imran hired him in the first place. Over the hmm. next couple of scenes, Kelly lays it on thick that Abby didn't have any drugs except her bottle of morphine, and who amongst us hasn't nicked the occasional bottle of morphine, Helen? That Ben framed Abby... Oh, is that what happened to my bottle of morphine? <laughs> and that uh, Imran hired Ben. Yeah. Your two litre bottle of morphine. You snuck my, my, my bottle of morphine. How mm. dare you? Yeah, I'll get thirsty during the night. <laughs> she knows he loves his son, but when she looks at him, she's disgusted. Imran, for some reason, seems to put value in things Kelly says and sucks a thoughtful tooth at this. Well, because he... He knows he's a role model and a parental figure for Kelly. Yeah, but so, Kelly, though, who cares? Well, he cares. He cares a lot about this kid. He's yeah, but got really, the, does he? He does. But does he, he does. though? He does. Come mm. on, I thought we liked Kelly now. I'm not sure I do anymore. <sighs> for reasons that we'll get to. See, I did not mind the things that she did this week. Because they were all true. It's not like she did something that, you know, that was not true. I think she crossed a line. And we'll we'll talk about that later. Mm. On the street, Toy and Leanne are heading off to Cousin Kirsty's, but the car won't start. Luckily, Kev is on hand. He just happens to be passing to suggest he's like uh, Pigpen on Peanuts. You see the little ploof of <laughs> dust coming and then Kev just appears. <laughs> He's on hand to suggest it's a starter motor and it'll take a couple of hours to fix. He suggests, because it's going to take such, such mm-hmm. a long time, handing off Alfie to Abby because she's been so looking forward to their visit while mm-hmm. he fixes it. Toya thinks this is a fab idea. She goes for it and pops the hood, allowing us to see that Kev, he's pocketed a wee plastic jobby that I think is stopping the car from starting. Mm. Well, so, well done, Sherlock. Right. <laughs> I pay attention. <laughs> so Toya drops Alfie off with Abby and Nina rolls and tells Abby to have a smashing day. And Abby says, do you not want to give him a wee hug goodbye? Because that's not suspicious at all. No. But Toya's fine. Thanks very much. No. Yeah. He's sleeping. Later at the flat, Abby is ready for the off. <clears throat> Kev wants her to give him three rings when she gets there, but that's way too risky for Abby. And Kev realises that when he drops her off at the airport, that's the last he's ever going to see of her. They hug and he goes off to bring the car round. When he's gone, though, there's a knock at the door. And she thinks it's Kev again, but it's not Kev. How did Imran Imran and Kev not bump into each other other in the hallway? (laughs) Oh, hi Kev. It's it's like my huge complaint about the third episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi this week, but never mind. Mm. We'll get to that tomorrow. popped around to see what. Oh, she's in? Great. (laughs) So Imran's standing on the other side of the door with a big smile on his face. Oh, hiya. He 
is following up his conversation with Kelly to apologise for the way that he's treated Abby and he hopes the two of them can put this behind them and move on. Desperate to get rid of him, Abby tells him that they'll be busy mates in no time. Imran is about to leave when he spots the suitcase that's been <laughs> been standing upright in the middle of the room all this time. Right, right next to Alfie. Right, and asks where Abby's going. The best excuse that she can come up with is that the case is full of Kev shit records. <laughs> I can believe because that. Because apparently Kev gave her his shit records. Because mm-hmm. he's not a fan of ABBA. ABBA! It was right there. It was right there. It was right there. Abba! In plain sight. Then Imran nabs the passports that were sitting on the couch or the on the back of the couch. They were sitting on top of the back of the couch. Right, yes. And discovers that his son, twist alert, is actually Ethan Hughes. What? Great-grandson of Eileen Hughes, a bus conductor from four episodes in 1961, played by Prunella Scales from Faulty Towers. Well, that is a deep dive there, Broom. Yep. It's not. It's a fake name. We never see what uh, Abby's fake name is. No. Probably something Hughes. Probably. Emlyn Hughes. Prunella. Prunella Hughes. Right. Craig Hughes. <laughs> On a Tuesday, then. Imran is shocked. Shocked, I tell you. And to think that he came to apologise. He demands that she hands Alfie over, but Abby breaks down and makes weird noises instead. She did everything right, and she deserved to have Alfie, but the solicitor lied and beat the ex-addict. Ex-addict? Yeah. She's not using right now. She's still an addict, though, right? Well, yeah, you're, you're never... Ex-addict is a misnomer because... That's what I thought. The... The the disease of addiction never goes away. You just learn how to manage it. Kind of like diabetes. Only people are much more sympathetic to diabetics than they are to addicts. And maybe, maybe that's wrong. Imran still believes that she's back on the muck. Abby cries that she'll lose Alfie for good now once Imran goes to the cops. And she leaves muttering that life without Alfie is no life at all. So she goes off and she does an impression of the Verve's bittersweet symphony video as she walks down the street and bumps into people. But she must miss Kev, who comes in to be confronted by Imran. What's right. going on How in did that, that happen? What's going on in that hallway? <laughs> Imran is shocked that he would help Abby, presumably break their car, risk the jail for someone he's not even with, and he feels sorry for him. Kev retaliates by calling Imran a liar and stating that his lies have destroyed Abby's life. Abba's life And he's a pretty poor excuse for a dad If anything happens to Abba It's on Imran Alfie might never know his mother Because of Imran And to a lesser extent Abby's behaviour when he was born Toy and Leanne are at Toya's Chatting about the excitement of having Elsie back in their lives Imran comes in with Alfie And asks for a moment with Toya Leanne leaves and Imran explains Abby's plan And Kev being in on it and he shows her the fake passports. Toya wants to go straight to the police, but Imran suddenly calms down and wants to wait, and Toya realises very quickly here that that whole thing about the car breaking down was a complete scam. <gasps> what? Mm. That's quite, quite clever thinking there by, by Toya. Toya is a smart lady. Yep. Imran says he didn't realise how much this had broken Abby, and he doesn't want to lay the boot in any more than he has to. 
Toy is shocked by this 180. Then Imran gets a call from Kev and they arrange to meet outside. Imran tells Toy to take Alfie to the bistro and he'll explain everything later. Outside, Kev is terrified that Abby has done something rash. Imran promises that he's not going to go to the police, but that's not enough for Kev. He wants Imran to come clean, explaining that Dean's blackmail photo that led to Abby losing her kid, maybe. Imran promises that wasn't that that wasn't him buying drugs or selling drugs. It was he was going to blackmail Abby, Abby yeah, for t- something. For yeah, he was gonna he was blackmailing her for money. He's like, give me money or I'm going to tell people that you're back on the drugs so that you lose your son. And her giving him money so that he doesn't blackmail her made her lose her son. Irony alert. Yes. Imran promises to fix it and it gives Kev... She should have never walked over to him in the first place. No. But I digress. And it gives Kev the passports. But this still isn't enough for Kev who demands that Imran call Abby right now to let her know. So Imran calls her and gets her voicemail. So Kev tells her to keep on calling her. It's like, Kev, what the fuck do you want from me here? But he's worried that... I'm a busy man. Look, he's worried that Abby, the love of his life at the moment, is going to kill herself. And then who's going to make his dinner? Right, and and wash his jacket. And apparently nobody's doing his laundry well. (laughs) Well, she's away. Jack certainly isn't doing it. No. And Debbie just refuses to go near it. And quite frankly, who could blame her? Not me. Uh, anyway, Sermon calls again and tells her not to do anything stupid and he says that he's going to make things right. Back in the bistro, Toya bursts in and blabs the whole story to Leanne and Nick while Adam eavesdrops. Adam is amazed that Inman doesn't want to go straight to the police. Adam with his curly, curly hair. Yeah. J- not long after falling off the mezzanine level of a mall <laughs> and then not going to the police about Lydia. Yeah. Remember that? Vaguely. <clears throat> Toya's brain starts ticking over and she leaves Alfie with Leanne, a proven drug dealer, in the bistro. Right. And Me- also Nick. Meanwhile. Because it's Nick who ends up holding the baby. Yeah. Well. Nick, the most experienced parent in that room. Is it still a bit too too fresh for Leanne to be holding a little baby? Maybe that's what that's all about. Maybe. Maybe that's that's a because she does mention that's a good shout there, Broom. She does mention bits and pieces about Oliver through this week and yeah, about the songs he likes, right? Like uh, Baby Shark, wasn't it? Yes, Baby Shark, do 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 Baby Shark, do do. And he was very fond of the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Iron Maiden as well. We used to sing Baby Shark back in the nineteen eighties around the Girl Scout campfire. Really. Yes, that song is very old. People don't realize that. I That's didn't an realize old that. campfire this song. This is my face of not realizing that. I thought that was a, <laughs> a fairly new thing. No. Hmm. Learn it's, something new every day. Absolutely. Meanwhile, Kev has made it to that pub. The dog and gun, or the gun and dog. Right. The the one where the, the one where he threatened to beat up Abby's ex husband yeah. that time. That but one everyone, time. Everyone walks with a limp and has <laughs> One missing tooth and a and black an eye, eye. Patch. and that's just the woman. <laughs> Am I right? It's Weatherfield's favourite scallywag pub where he bumps into the master forger. He's Conveniently, actually, he's actually talking to the to the uh, barmaid, to the barmaid asking about Abby, Abby Franklin. Th- this guy's ears prick up, and Kev spots it. 
Right. Well, he shakes his head no, because she's about ready to say, oh, yeah, she was in here earlier. The guy shakes his head no. And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, that was somebody else, because mm-hmm. that's not suspicious at all. Yeah, that was, it was Abby, Abby Google. That was in, <laughs> that's what it was. That's what it was. But all the guy can tell, Kev, after an awful lot of to and fro and And, and heen and hawing. And, and Kev threatening this guy and this guy going, oh, really? Uh-huh. All the guy can tell Kev is that he sold Abby fake passports and he hasn't seen her since this morning. He suggests calling hospitals. And Kev's like, I knew about that already. You are useless. Yeah, what was he expecting? <laughs> I don't know. So back home, Inman calls Elliot and admits to his lies. He has a whiskey when Toya calls to tell him that she's on her way to the police station. Inman begs her to wait, but Toya has a bee in her bonnet, jumps in a cab, and off she scoots. And the cab has... Festive flags on it. Yep. Fun with flags. Festive flags. So Imran rushes off to intercept it, but he's waylaid by Kelly, who calls him a liar again. And Imran, who, remember, is in a hurry here. Right, yes. Takes a good three or four minutes. Yeah, this was really frustrating, how long this conversation took when he's supposed to be rushing to the police station. Yeah, he has a good three or four minute conversation with Kelly It's a good thing the police are so shit at taking care of things quickly. Yeah. He explains what's happening and that shuts Kelly up a bit. But he confirms that he's telling everyone the truth today and Kelly's pleased that she can look up to him again and he's pleased that he can look up to her because all of this change of heart is all down to Kelly and she says, oh no, it's not really about me. And meanwhile, the clock's ticking here. Yes. (sighs) (sighs) But it's super important that Kelly can look up to him, Ran. Yes, it is. Because that's, that's that's his daughter. So Imran rushes off to the garage, finds his car parked outside it. Thankfully, he's got his little K-fob. Pops it open. He calls Toya and leaves the message that we heard at the start of Monday's episode. That what he did, he did for them. Everything I do. But he got it wrong. So very, very wrong. Oh, yeah. So he gets to the police station before Toya has spoken to anyone and before she's even listened to his message. He tells her that she doesn't know the whole story and so she agrees to wait before telling the cops anything. And just as the cops come over and say, right, we'll, right. we'll see you now. No, no. The, the, Never mind. The crime it, it didn't really hurt me. It, I was wasting your time. She smells booze from Imran and insists that she's the one who drives home. Back home, Kev is on the phone to the hospital when Abby walks back into a house where she no longer lives. Kev explains that Imran isn't going to the police and that everything... It's going to be all right. Don't worry about a thing. You're desperate to sing this week for some reason. <laughs> Narrator, everything was not all right. Ah, oh, boo. And the bistro, Leanne and Nick are frantic about Toy and Alfie, who needs feeding. Alfie, right. that is, not Nick. Right. <laughs> she tries. Yeah, apparently, they don't know how to feed a baby. They're in a restaurant, surrounded by food. And a I mean, it's processor, a newborn baby, so it needs formula or, or well, it can't have any breast milk because Toya's not the birth mom and Abby wouldn't have breastfed because she would still have drugs in her system. Yeah, so formula. She needs formula. And there's not, there's not a formula shortage in the United Kingdom. In Isn't fact, there? apparently they're... They're shipping some over to us because we're so desperate for it here in the United States. Is this these uh, supply chain problems that I'm hearing the kids talk about so much yeah. these days? 
<laughs> so Leanne tries calling Toya, but then we see that there's been a car crash. <gasps> Toya has crashed into a wall that's collapsing onto their car, and she and Imran are unconscious the scaffolding. inside. There's scaffolding well, there's attached to the wall. As well. Everything's coming down. Everything's coming down. It's, it's Rana up, all over again. They don't put up scaffolding like they used to. No, apparently not. There's an awful lot of complaints here about we never saw the crash. Right. But we kind of get to see it in a few days. Yeah. And I kind of understand why they did it this way because there's got to be this air of mystery as to what exactly Toya knew and why this happened and stuff. So I understand because if we saw the crash, then it would be ridiculous for them to do what happens later, you know, where Kevin, well, we'll get to it. I kind of like this way of, of telling this story. I don't I, mind it. I was, I was surprised about the amount of uh, comments that I saw of how much this was confusing some people. Let's remember how many people were confused by the end of The Power of the Dog. Comprehension of people. Well, this wasn't as complicated as that. I wouldn't visual said. comprehension and reading comprehension of people is just so terrible these days. And I don't know why our attention spans are so bad. You know, th- this isn't the first time that we've had... Uh, a flashback or a flash forward in a soap mm-hmm. opera and they all seem to follow the same kind of um formula that there's eerie music right the colors graded down a little bit yes they deliberately make it kind of stand out that you're you're not seeing something in a normal timeline no and then it it starts abruptly and it ends abruptly mm-hmm. and you'd think that that would or maybe one would think that that would be enough to one would think to tip people off that you know we're, we're not telling an exactly linear story this week. Although for all the pomp and circumstance of it, it was pretty much linear. There was just yeah. the, the occasional um, jump right. backwards and forwards at, at, at key moments. Here, there isn't really a, a jump backwards and forwards. We're, no. we're just missing a bit of time. Right. But, but but we get it back later. But as we're missing that time, something else has been happening. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if, you know, there's we don't go straight from them leaving the the police station to the cars crashed. They, they leave the police station, and then we get the Kevin Abbey bit. Right. So there's there's insinuation that something's going on since they left the, right. the police station. But it, it just seemed to really throw people, and people felt shortchanged that they hadn't got a crash. Right. They but were then promised you get the a crash, crash later. They were, but they were promised a crash on Tuesday and they didn't get a crash on Tuesday. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, I, I kind of, I really wasn't looking forward to the flash back and forward bits and mm-hmm. pieces of it, but I, I really didn't think it was that intrusive. No, I didn't think so at all. And I thought it was, you know, an interesting way to tell the story. Yeah. I liked it. So anyway, we're, we're at the end of Tuesday now. This is the big... The big week. And I think at this point we've already got the sense that we are watching a fairly monumental event. series of events, right? Yes, yes. Things that happened this week, people were surprised by. And I kind of, I kind of predicted that this was going to happen. Which bit? 
the, oh, who's going to die this week? Well, I, I don't know if we're going to give you your Nostradamus crown well, no. quite yet. No, because it was, uh, to me, it was obvious, but it, it seemed like it threw some people. And I think that's down to the show. I think the show did a very good job of not spoiling this. Whereas in other like big weeks, a lot of stuff has been spoiled. Mm -hmm. I thought they did a good job of not spoiling stuff this time around. Right. You know, where if you're watching and you're paying attention and you read Coronation Street News you might have inferred what was going to happen. Right. But nobody really knew for sure. Yeah, and at this point, I'm still of the opinion that nothing's confirmed. Right. So yeah. really, anything could happen. So kudos to the show. I, I've got to say that, that I, I give the show a hard time a lot, but I think they did a really good job with this. This is, like I said, no floating guns. No floating guns. So no floating far. guns. We'll see what happens on Wednesday, though. On Wednesday, Toy is unconscious. It's not really on Wednesday because this is all happening on the same day, right? Right, yes. Toy is unconscious, but Inran comes round. His door is jammed up against the scaffolding. And, you know, I'm like, will you stop hitting your door off that fucking scaffolding because you're making the bricks fall down. So he calls for an ambulance and looks on worried as some debris from the building starts falling down in the car that he's pretty much causing by hitting the scaffolding with his car door. Right. Back on Coronation Street, Abby reveals that she came back so that Alfie would get to know her because Kev basically says what everyone else is saying. You could have still why, gone why, to... Why would you come back if you think that Imran's going to go to the police? Right, because, you know, it, even if she goes... To prison, she might eventually get a chance to see Alfie, which would not happen if she went to Costa Rica still. Costa Rica! Right. Plus, she's still under contract. She wants to give the wedding present that Seb gave her to Alfie. She's resigned herself to going to prison, untrusting of Imran's word. And even when Kev produces the passports, ta-da, it's not enough for her. Mm -hmm. Kev promises to be there for her no matter what happens until he dies much earlier than she does. <laughs> he promises to clear her name if she does get sent to prison and he'll welcome Alfie into the family as his son which is kind of no. hypocritical as he berated Toya for doing the same Abby no. likes this vision of the future and they smooch meanwhile it looks like corrupt PC Tinker is living in his police car oh, no. his dashboard is littered with apple cores and I think is, there's a crisp packet is he like a, on a stakeout or something and pork pie wrappers and his fake him out. He's got newspapers. Oh, and fingers crossed. Little bits of post-it pad and there's, there's some gum stuck in his hair. There's some mouse droppings on the dashboard <laughs> by the looks of things and he's he's no shaved. He's listening to his Spotify though in the police car. Uh-huh. I, I don't know what is expected of police officers these days but while on duty I don't expect my, my PC Tinker character to be listening to music on his phone. I I am currently reading a um a book about about the investigation and arrest and conviction of the serial killer John Wayne Gacy and the clown killer. Yes. And yeah, the, he didn't kill clowns. No, he was a clown. Spoiler alert. No. Um but in the book it says that 
uh, the the cops who were staking him out and following him around, first of all, they would go and drink beer with the guy. But also when they were on the stakeout and waiting for stuff to happen, they were playing like a little electronic football game hmm. that they had in the car. So I'm cutting PC Tinker a little slack for Spotify. Because mm. at least he wasn't sticking out a serial killer and drinking beer with a guy. No, but he's not in stakeout though. He's supposedly on patrol ready to leap into action. Right. Well, and he needs music to leap into action too. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yes, he does. Somehow he manages to hear the call for Imran's crash over his Spotify and he speeds sort of away. Apple cores and pork pies and mice flying all roads. <laughs> Back at the crash, Imran's not hanging around and he bursts out the car, but in doing so seems to trigger an instability in the scaffolding. He yanks Toya's door open and pulls her out to safety just as a big old pile of bricks smashes down on the car and through the windshield like final destination. Ugh, I can, I can never drive behind one of those big trucks with the logs in it no ever ever i always pull into the next lane if i if i discover that i'm behind one of those well that's like that time we nearly died in tennessee remember oh god i i'd you'd forgotten about that i'd wiped that from my memory because it was so terrifying it was terrifying it was something kind of like that that yeah only only they were smaller Mm mm-hmm were, were they logs, though? No, they were kind of plastic poles, I think. Right, yeah. So less dangerous. Yeah, still caused an accident that we narrowly avoided, though. Yes. Anyway, emergency services appear in the scene and Toya's loaded into an ambulance as she drifts in and out of consciousness. Imran tries to get into the ambulance saying, I'm going with my wife, damn it. But he takes a turn and he falls to the ground, quickly being attended to by paramad- paramedics. And PC Tinker. As the ambulance drives off. PC Tinker... <laughs> doesn't know what to do he's just and at some at one point he'd actually turned his back in the scene because he finds the whole thing too upsetting hmm. back at the bistro leanne and nick are fretting over toy up when leanne gets a call with the news and it's not good news it is not good news meanwhile paramedics are doing well they're kind of doing cpr them run i guess yeah, they're 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 not in the right place on the chest? I think that guy's just taking a little excuse to feel Charlie DeMello's chest. Is yes, what I think's happening there. Lovely hairy chest. <laughs> yeah, and he's not doing the rhythms to stay it alive nope. at all. It's just shameful. Nope. Shameful. No wonder he's dead. An emotional, corrupt PC Tinker can't look. He's flatlining on the road. That's Imran, that is not PC Tinker. While paramedics futilely keep up resuscitation procedures, Craig finally kneels by his side and urges him to pull through, but it seems that Imran has been dead for some time. Yes. Yes. Back home. Remember uh, remember when PC Tinker used to live with Imran and they used to go jogging together? They went jogging twice. Right. And then they decided to go to the movies instead mm-hmm. because Imran couldn't jog. Or didn't want to jog. Right. Or what? just didn't want to jog with Craig. What What does he do instead to keep so fit, one would, one would ask. And now it's too late to ask that. It's too late to ask. Because the man is dead. It's too late, baby. Oh, no. It's too late. I'm kind of, I kind of breezed over the fact that Imran died there. <laughs> Doesn't I? Well, you said it, it appears that he's been dead for quite some time while they still try to resuscitate him yeah. by doing CPR poorly. By not doing CPR. <laughs> poorly. And I did not expect that to happen 
halfway through Wednesday. I thought if if Irman's going to die, I don't think I don't think he's going to die on Friday because right. I think there's going to be some kind of fallout and stuff happening. Right. But I think he's maybe going to die at the end of Thursday. Is what I'm thinking. Hmm. So for it to happen midway through Wednesday. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Kind of surprised me a little bit. I liked bit. it. All right. I wasn't really surprised. I, I liked that it just, it wasn't drawn out. It just happened. I appreciate that because so many times when people die on the show, they draw it out and they draw it out and they draw it out. Imrod, boom, gone. Well. I liked that. I had a little problem with that because this is the unexpected cardiac arrest right that's happened quite a few times it happened to des barnes he's in bed chatting away to natalie then all of a sudden and he's had a heart attack and died it happened to robert when michelle's sitting by his bedside they're chatting away and and he dies imran's about to get into this ambulance and go to the hospital with toya and I think and it was, I think I think that's the point that he dies is yeah is right there yeah there's there's been some overexertion and there's probably some internal bleeding somewhere so that not enough blood is getting to his heart but he's just burst out a car and he just dragged right, Toya from a, the wreck that's adrenaline and also probably because he has exerted himself so much for that that probably that probably contributed. To the to the heart attack. It wasn't like he was lying in bed and all of a sudden, blah. Oh, so it's Toya's fault. It is Toya's fault. But also, I agree with you in that he was just in a car accident. There has to have been a more interesting way for him to have died as really, as as caused by the car accident. Like maybe when he pulls Toya out and His the scaffolding comes, comes and... down, like something falls and like stabs him in the liver or something. And he dies. Oh, we can't have another person getting stabbed in the liver. All right. Well, stabbed in the lung. How's that? The lung, I think. We're Impaled. Good. We, we haven't had a good impaling on this show, have we? I don't think anyone's ever been impaled. No. Somebody really needs to step on a spike or something. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or beheaded. I'm or stepped on a spike. Beheaded, you know, with the scaffolding coming down. Maybe something just something swipes. Something like the omen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Final Destination. Final Destination, there you go. There you go. Or a series of clues. Hmm. Each more fiendish than the last. Anyway. I don't know. Just just, old emergency or surprise cardiac arrest to the rescue, basically. Hmm. We we need them to die. Right. But we also need them to save Toya. Right. Well, there's a conundrum. Oh, but we'll just give them a surprise heart attack. Right. I feel like it was kind of cheap way to get rid of them. Right, yeah. They'll, like I said, I didn't mind it, but also they could have done it. They could have killed him in a much more interesting way. Right. So he's been dead for some time. Yes. Imran's dead, everybody. We're devastated. We are devastated. Back home, I actually am devastated because I expected him to die at, on Horror Nation Street. I had a bad feeling that Imran was going to go out of it at Horror Nation Street. And, and then he didn't. I didn't think I was going to be ready for it. And then he didn't. And then I forgot about it. And then it happened. Damn you, Coronation. We, we, we knew this was coming, didn't we? We've talked about it. 
We've talked about it. Well, We've speculated about it. No, I'm like, because, no, they're going to kill no, him off. No, because last week I was saying that because they teased us with Roy mm-hmm. leaving and because Charlie didn't confirm it until it happened. Right. I was like, until you see the body, there's no there's no dead character. Right. Well, well, the, we well don't. They, they showed us well, the dead. They, yeah, they we did the see body. the dead body, didn't we? Anyway. That that very manly chest. <laughs> Getting rubbed. <sighs> Is he rubbing oil? In it? <laughs> anyway, back home, Abby gets a call from Elliot telling her about Imran's voicemail. Kev tries not to be too pissed off that he's already told Abby all this. The two of them smooch and giggling, they head off to find Alfie so Abby can give him the necklace thing that Seb found at the side of the road that time. He did not. He drove like halfway across the country to buy that thing. Be nice. <clears throat> Seb's dead. Seb's dead, baby. And now Imran's dead. We all die. We do. <laughs> Leanne rushes to the hospital to learn that Toya's okay. She suffered a concussion. But before Leanne is able to see her, there's something that the doctor needs to tell her. What? Whoa. So when she and the doctor go in to see Toya, <laughs> she can't remember a thing about what's happened and she asks about, about Imran and how he is. And the doctor gently explains to her that sadly, Imran passed away at the scene of the accident. <gasps> the paramedics are apparently crushed. Like Rana. There we go. Unable to track Toya and Imran down, Abby and Kev head to the bistro where Nick explains about the car crash, but he doesn't know anything else. He doesn't right, know yeah, him. he doesn't know anybody's died yet. Leanne hasn't told him. No. In stage whispers, Kev insists that the car was fixed, and Abby wants to leave with Alfie, but Nick tells her to fuck all the way off with that idea. Yeah. So she makes do with playing the doting mother at the bistro. Then Abby and Kev fret about the car crash with each other. Kev admitting to tampering with the ignition, but there was nothing wrong with the car when Imran and Toya got into it, he says. Later, corrupt PC Tinker comes along to see Toya, but he sees Leanne outside. And he tells Leanne that he was there when Imran passed away, which isn't entirely true. Well, he was there. Was he there when Imran passed away, though? Yes, he was. He was there after it, because he's trying to say that Imran didn't die alone. No, and he well, didn't. first of all, we all die alone. And second of all, <laughs> well, I, don't, no. I think he was dead long before no. PC Tinker managed to get the courage up to actually turn around and see what was going on. No, because he was he was there when Imran collapsed and that's probably when he died. He was in the vicinity. Yeah. He was in the same dialing code. Right. So, and the paramedics were there, but Imran didn't know the paramedics where he's, he knew Craig. It's, it's they were comforting, at, I suppose. He was in the same postcode. He also tells her that Imran saved Toya's life, which is more true. Yes. Then another copper comes along looking to question Toya. Leanne protests, but the copper has got the all clear from the doctor saying that Toya is fit for questioning, which I don't think is right. No. The cop tells Toya that there were no skid marks <laughs> in Imran's underwear. No. <laughs> That's why we're more coarse, by the way. The cop tells Toya that there were no skid marks at the scene, which makes it look like she didn't break. Toya can't really remember anything, but as she's going through the events of the day, she decides not to say why she was at the police station. Leanne, though, is more than happy to go into details, telling the copper about Abby's plans to kidnap her son, how she was going to take him to Costa Rica. Costa Rica! About Kev sabotaging the car earlier in the day, and her suspicions that either Kev or Abby were responsible for cutting the brakes, just like in the movies. Kevin Abbey are home and are about to phone the hospital for an update on them running Toya when the cops arrive at their door, asking for the pair of them to go down to the station for questioning 
explaining that Imran has died and this is now a very fucking serious situation. Yeah, you see you see the, the cups, bright yellow Tabards vests or high vis jackets. Yeah. In the in the door, you know, ominously waiting at the door. Yeah, like the human centipede. <laughs> with hands up against it. <clears throat> <laughs> the human centipedes at the door. <coughs> We're just going to mention, like, pretty much every horror film we've ever watched tonight. All three of them. How how are we going to get the Babadook into this? The police are at the door. So Kevin and Abby are loaded into the police cars and driven off to the cop shop. Watch your head, Abby. Meanwhile, at the hospital, Toy is talking to Leanne about their childhood and a doll Leanne had that cried. Then she asks for Nick to bring Alfie to her. And that she got a toy pram. So one got the doll and one got the pram. And knowing Les and Janice, I can totally believe that. So what was Toya supposed to be putting in that pram? <laughs> Were they supposed to share the doll and the pram and walk around together with the doll in the pram? Apparently her, that didn't happen. Or ghetto blaster into the pram. <laughs> Leanne doesn't think this is a great idea, but Toya recognises that her time with Alfie will be coming to an end and she wants to have as much time as possible. Back in the street, Nick is doing as he's told when Kelly bumps into him and asks after Imran and Toya. So Nick has to explain about the accident and how Toya's going to be okay. But Imran, yeah, not so much. No. Poor Nick, man. He's the one time he's allowed to cry. <laughs> he cries at his son playing chess, but Imran's dead. The guy that he stood outside on the balcony in his knickers and his knickers are first. <laughs> you know, those are some good times, man. Technically, his brother-in-law. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Abby's getting questioned by DS Blondie. The, the DS from the Seb investigation, remember? Who kind of looks like Georgia Tennant, but isn't Georgia Tennant. Georgia Tennant? Yeah. Who's Georgia Tennant? She's an, she's an actress. She's, she's married to David Tennant. Huh? She's the daughter of Peter Davison, who also played Doctor Who. Oh, isn't that, isn't that quirky? <laughs> Abby's little misattitude as Blondie attempts to question her about what she knows about Imran's death. Blondie asks about Abby's relationship with him, given uh, him being Alfie's dad and how he told the court that she was a junkie and all that. Abby insists that the relationship was fine. Blondie wonders why she met Imran early in the day and wonders about her plans to take Alfie away, but she doesn't mention Costa Rica. Oh, that rhymed. Mm-hmm. Abby keeps her mouth shut and says nothing until she's accused of planning a kidnap, which she denies. And when Blondie mentions Imran's breaks, Abby seems genuinely surprised. Meanwhile, Kev is getting questioned by DS Angry Man, who is interested <laughs> to know why Irman's car was in his garage because it wouldn't start when surely roadside recovery is sufficient. Yeah, I had a problem with that. This policeman's like a claims adjuster. <laughs> you, 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 you can't fix a car by the side of the road if it's not going to start and it's not out of gas. You have to take it in. Yeah, I suppose it was a little bit of a clutching at straws thing from the copper right yeah but like i said to you 
not everything he says has to make sense. What he's trying to do is put some pressure on right. Kev. Right, he's trying to rile what, Kev up. See what happens, right? Obviously, Kev is unrileable, considering <laughs> how much dirt is keeping him upright. Yeah. <laughs> Kev says that there was a fault, and he didn't have his tools with him, but the copper isn't buying that because a handheld device would be enough. Kev says he didn't have his because he was busy shaving and having a wash and stuff. <laughs> And the, no, police aren't, the police aren't falling for that. Kev explains that the ignition had a loose connection and he didn't touch the brakes. He says he didn't charge Imran because it was a favour and DS Angerman finds this laughable considering that Imran knocked up his wife. He accuses Kev of sabotaging Imran's car, but Kev maintains that he doesn't touch them flaming brakes. That's right. Then Kelly goes into the rovers for some reason and she ignores Maria when she says Kelly to her several times. But she meets Gary and Maria eventually and she explains to them the news. And it's via this and overhearing Kelly talking to uh, Gary and Maria that Alia and Yasmin learn that Imran is dead. Yes, because they happen to be in the rivers at the same time. Alia and Sean in particular are shocked while Kelly talks about herself and how she's feeling. And Maria and Gary validate Kelly being kind of selfish in the moment. Well, eh. I can understand how Kelly is feeling because she just lost her biological parents. Well, technically, she lost Rick the Chin a long time ago, yep. but she just found out that she lost Rick the Chin. Mm. And, you know, after her biological parents, Imran was the next thing that she had. But this is the third parental figure that she's lost in, you know, a month. Right. So I can understand why she is so very devastated for herself, why she is so very sad. I didn't feel that it was selfish. I liked the fact that we had basically everybody, you know, the people that Imran interacted with the most Mm -hmm. finding out kind of all together. And we weren't going to like separate places and, and hearing voiceovers where, different people are answering the phone and then looking shocked and sad while they hear the news. I think the only person in Imran's life that doesn't know yet is Adam. Adam doesn't know. And I don't know if we're counting Sabine and all this, but she presumably doesn't know either. Right. But she's not a regular on the show. No. Most to pity. Right. Because we liked her. Yeah, she was good. She was evil. Evil. Like the devil. Yeah. So after all that at the rover, she heads off to the hospital to speak to Toya and think about herself and how Imran's death affects her to someone new. But she's doing it to Toya and Toya's not really in the mood to listen to how this is affecting Kelly. Eventually she asks what happened, but Toya's memory is still a bit hazy. But the cops think that Abby and Kev fucked her brakes. Kelly finds this incredulous and then asks if Imran spoke to Toya about him lying about Abby being back on the muck. And this is news to Toya. And Leanne tells Kelly to bolt because this is all just getting Toya upset. We don't really need that. And Kelly refuses to let it go. So Leanne really has to put her foot down and boot her out. Toya says that she needs to know the truth though. So next, Kelly's just a busy little bee and she goes off to the cop shop to tell DS Blondie about her conversation with Imran and how he was nervous about telling Toya because she'd go mental and now Toya's claiming not to know anything about it and none of that makes sense. Thanks for grassing that up, says DS Blondie, but you real... <clears throat> Thanks, says DS Blondie, but you realise now that this makes you a grass, right? And Kelly agrees. She is a stinking grass, right enough. Yeah, but she's... 
I think Kelly still feels like she owes Abby an awful lot for what happened to Seb. And that, you know, she's going to do whatever she can so this is to help Abby. kind of conflict there because I think her allegiances first and foremost should be with Erman and Toya because it was them and only them who gave her the time of day for the longest time. Yeah, but they, but Imran did something wrong. Let's not forget. And Abby, well, besides the whole kidnapping thing, Abby did nothing to cause this accident. Mm. So, you know. Well, Kelly and also Abby, does, Abby didn't do drugs. This time. Right. And has been sober for most of the time she's been on the show. Meh, she's only by this thing probably. She only goes on the drugs for plot occasionally. So yeah, yeah. Plot related dalliances with the right. Yes. Meanwhile, at the hospital, Toya's having a heartbreaking chat with Alfie. Toya doesn't want to lose him, but knows it's on the cards. She misses Imran, and Imran not getting to see Alfie grow up and the adventures that the two of them would have. She talks about Imran making her laugh until the tears rolled down her face. Mm. And she talks of his smile, his voice, and his how eyes, gorgeous he was. And how people told her that she was lucky and she knew she was so, so lucky. Mm-hmm. But he's gone. And she gasps as she realizes that she's been holding her breath. And that, yeah, that was, great. was incredible. Yeah. George is just on fire this week. I was like, well, somebody please give her a damp cloth just to wipe her face because mm-hmm. the the lassie needs it. Mm-hmm. But the way that she delivered that and the way that the, the tears were going down her face. And like her mascara was, is just all clumped. Just her mannerisms, as much as what she was saying and how she was saying it, just the, her her body language and the, the, the quivering lip. And I don't know what, obviously I don't know what, I don't know what she was reaching for personally to to get that level of performance. I think maybe some of it is saying cheerio to Charlie. Right. And not working with Charlie and not having right. kind and of not, end to and that not friendship. not getting to smooch Charlie anymore. <laughs> right. But it was a way that she said that he's gone. And then she gasps. And mm. I don't think I've seen in Coronation Street, and I don't think I've seen in many things as accurate a depiction of the the shock of grief mm-hmm. done as as well or as as close to something that I have felt myself and mm-hmm. have seen in other people. Yes. I thought it was outstanding. Yes. Agreed. So after speaking with Kelly, DS Blondie goes and tells Abby that she can go. Abby is considerate of the situation. Oh no, she isn't. She's gloating. Also, there's not enough evidence to nail her for the attempted kidnap. So she leaves the interview room, meets up with Kev, they hug, and they head home. Right, because Kev still has those passports, and he's not giving them to the cops. No. So it's all hearsay. Bondi goes to see Toya, now with more questions about the mood in the car before the accident, and whether there was an argument. Toya insists that there wasn't, but Blondie pushes it, and then says the brakes were fine. And she accuses Toya of deliberately crashing the car. On to Friday now. DS Blondie keeps at it, speculating that Imran dropped a bombshell or his guts in the moments before the accident. Like maybe that Abby wasn't back on the muck again after all, maybe. 
Toy maintains that Inman never told her that, but he told Kelly, and she and Leanne work out that Kelly has totally stitched Toya up here. DS Blondie at this point is interviewing Toya in a hospital bed mere hours after a concussion event under caution without a solicitor present. And I'm like, mm. surely this can't be right. No, but this sort of thing happens all the time in TV shows. Right. On the street, Kelly runs into Abby and Kelly thinks Laura will be spinning in her grave for raising a grass. Well, yeah, says Abby. Leanne is too bullshy for DS Blondie back at the hospital, so she's sent packing, making this interview even more morally questionable. Toya sticks to her guns, though. She doesn't crash the car. She didn't try to kill Imran. She loved Imran. At home, Abby is now super sad that Alfie has lost his dad. Kev wants Alfie with him ASAP now that Imran's out of the picture and was lying and all that sort of stuff. Abby thinks that this doesn't necessarily change anything, which I'm glad that she recognises that yeah. because the court yeah. hasn't said we're going to give them to Imran and you're a close runner-up, Abby. No, that's not what happened. They didn't say that, no. so nothing here is guaranteed. Right, yeah, and Alfie could very easily go back into care. I would imagine that he would do until Abby can prove that she's stable and reliable right. again and who, yeah. lo- who knows how long that's going to take. Right. But Kev maintains that the two of them are a compelling case together and Alfie will be loved by everyone. Meanwhile, Kelly is back at Gary's, sitting in the dark, stewing on how she's a total grass and a traitor. Oh, you stop with yeah, that? Yeah, well, you are a bit, says Gary. And this is awful news for Imran's mum, what we ran and everything. Right, yeah. Yeah, says I, Gary. He looks like he barely remembers being responsible for that. He There's does remember, though. He does remember, though. This is the only thing that really bothers me, is that Imran never learns the truth about his sister. Yeah, well, let's unpack that for a second. Because <laughs> yes. this was... So now no, there's nobody left to care about Rana's death. Was that 2018 or 2019? I can't remember which. Oh, God. It's it was a, a while ago, it right? It was a while ago. So, yeah, there's nobody left to, to feel like justice hasn't been done right. for that. Although, for the purposes of plot, I guess, everyone has kind of made his peace with it or, or, right. or I think blames Rick the Chin for it. Right. And Rick the Chin is dead. Right. So, so there's no there's no one pushing to uncover what did Gary this go to, What did Gary go to jail for? Remember when he was in jail? Why was he in jail? Oh, he took the rap for Faye. Oh, that's right. So I guess in a way he was punished. Just not punished for that. For that. No. And now, was a little, and now he's dad of the year. There was a little flicker of recognition when Rana's well, name came up. Just a little. He's dad of the year for his non-biological children. Yeah, he, he's like Boris Johnson. He can't name his, his actual children. <laughs> he just knows he has some. Somewhere. And how many, he's not sure. Who knows? Who's, who's meant to remember this sort of thing? Yeah, it was a kind of blink and you miss it. Uh glimmer yeah. of recognition from yeah. from Gary but it just makes you think that with there not being any real uh, accurate closure on that it f- just feels like a mistake Yeah, that that whole storyline was either royally fucked by Covid yeah. or as it was playing out they're just thinking that Gary just doesn't have body here. Right. Yeah. There's just no way to resolve it successfully without without 
Mikey North going away for a long time, and we can't have that because they don't want that, right? Yeah, yeah, because he's part of one of the few decent <laughs> relationships on the street now, and he really is a good character now. Yeah, him and, and him and Maria work. He's really they grown really and work. developed since mm-hmm. that time. Yeah, he really, really works with Maria, as opposed to Sarah, which was an awful relationship, which was Craig and Faye bad. <laughs> Well, let's not go too far. <laughs> but no, Gary and Maria kind of they they know each other's faults. They know each other isn't perfect, and and they I think, know where the bodies are buried. And I think like uh, Saul Goodman and Kim Wexler, mm-hmm. so long as they tell each other what's going on, then yeah, then they're, they're cool with it, right? Right, yeah. So Toya and nice, Leanne, uh, nice, and, nice, better call Saul. Yeah, reference there. I very watched good. very good. I watched a movie directed by Bob Odenkirk the other day. I don't know if that would be any good. He's all right. He's a f- better he's a call great, Saul. He's a, a great as actor. He's the best TV I think I've ever seen. He's a great actor. Anyway, Toya anyway. and Leanne and Alfie are back at Toya's. They're all baffled by Kelly being a horrible grass and betrayer, especially Alfie, who doesn't know what to think. <laughs> Leanne leaves to get pyjamas, and as soon as she's gone, Toya breaks down, just like her car did when Kev sabotaged it while dressed like his wedding day. <laughs> After the break, Toya is looking through a wedding album. Not a great time to be doing that. No. Not a great time for that. No. When she gets an alert from her phone on the charger and she listens finally to Imran's voicemail and listening to it obviously jogs her memory to the events of and leading up to the car crash because that's how memories work. Yeah. Well, and yeah, um, was it was it Gary who said that you know when something traumatic like that happens to you, like the sight and the smell and everything, it gets into your head and it's very hard to remember things. Yeah. It's the so until that... something triggers you, it's like with Nina. Remember when Nina couldn't remember exactly what happened, mm-hmm. and she kind of had to go back to the scene of the crime to jog yep. her memory. Yep. That's exactly what this is. Well, it is, yeah. Only only Toya is an audio learner, not a kinesthetic learner like Nina. Toya's remembering all this stuff. She's in the car during the flashback. Toya's taking the piss at the idea at Abby raising Alfie in Costa Rica. Imran doesn't right. think... She's... She, she... She presents herself as this very understanding, very caring, very, you know, waving the placards at mm-hmm. every protest thing. This is Toya after dark. But she's quite bougie when it comes down to it. She's... Mm-hmm. she's talking down about this this woman with less education oh, when, than she has when she says how did she expect to be able to raise a child in costa rica and it's she's like right. but she's right but you don't say it out loud and also costa rica was probably easier than england at least it's warmer no nah. yeah, there's just a the whole language barrier but apart from that and that you're there and on, on dodgy papers but apart from it's that, it's a it's a tourist destination most of those people know english anyway Imran anyway. doesn't think that sneering is a great look which puts toy in her place well she is a junkie she says yeah about that says Imran. i was kind of lying about that what and, and so was ben what toy realizes that he painted abby as the villain when actually she's the victim he says abby doesn't deserve this Toya asks if she deserves this having her life turned upside down like this once again because this keeps happening to poor toya Poor Toya, who has kidnapped a baby once or twice herself. Well, it's all a very long time ago. 
Imran explains that it was really Ben's idea, and Imran reckoned mm. that if Abby wasn't back in the muck again, it was only a matter of time before she was. In the meantime, as far as the custody was concerned, they had a biological father, a stellar stepmother, and a train wreck mother. He was sure that she was scamming the test, and he thought he was doing the right thing. Toya reckons that she never stood a chance. Imran, the eternal optimist, suggests that it was worth it. He did the right thing, and he says that they'll sleep better knowing that they did the right thing. Toy doesn't think that there's yeah, a day. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I anymore. wasn't, I wasn't quite sure what he was talking about there. That he'll sleep better now that he's Tell come out truth. with the truth. Yeah. Because the way he said it kind of made it seem like what he did the first time was the right thing to do, and he'll sleep better knowing that he. Yeah, I don't think that's what he meant. Yeah, but it was confusing the way it was worded. Yeah. I will give people that, that that bit was confusing. I liked the fact that he talked about the fact that he recognized the fact that he and Toya have a certain amount of privilege over someone like Abby as far as education and and money mm. and things are concerned. Because the show the show's not always great at at uh, at people acknowledging that. So I thought that was, it was nice to hear it said out loud. Right. So Toya doesn't think that there is a they anymore other than they are finished. As soon as he comes clean, they're going to lose Elsie. And she begs him not to say anything, least of all because Abby's going to use that against them. But then Imran makes a final and arguably the worst admission. He's already confessed to Elliot and to social services. And he did all of this before speaking to Toya so she couldn't talk him out of it. Toya realises that Liam was right and she should never have taken him back. She hates him. And she tells him that she hates him. Yes, and that seems to be the last thing she says to him. I hate you, Imran. And then she crashes the car into the wall. Right. We still don't, we still don't know why she crashed into the wall, though. No. If she was distracted... If she wasn't watching where she was going, it yeah, was kind of ha- narrow and curvy. Because I haven't said, like, through all this, Imran pointedly is saying to her, will you keep your eyes on mm-hmm. the road or can yeah. you just wait until we get home so mm-hmm. you're not driving and Toy's like, oh, you're suddenly fucking so se- mm-hmm. careful about the way the I highway, drive, the highway code and everything. Right. right. But yeah, so the crash into the wall. It was interesting, though, because... I think that's the most I've ever seen anybody drive on this show. Like, around town in yeah, places that, where they don't film. That was all pretty much the second half of Friday's episode. Was yeah. Was this, that scene in the car. Yeah. So then we recap the aftermath and some of the stuff that we've already seen. And that bit kind of didn't really work for me because this is Toya's memory and she's unconscious during all of this, or most of it anyway. But it allows us to see again how ineffectual Craig was. And at this point, we do see them declaring Imran dead dead. at the scene, but we already knew this. Right, and it was weird that they were showing us this because whose flashback is that? Well, that's just what I finished saying. Exactly what I've just said. What's that exactly it's, what you said? Toya's, this is Toya's flashback and she's unconscious. It's exactly well, what she's I've just not only, saying. She's not only unconscious, she's in an ambulance on the way to the hospital when these things are happening. Even more so. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't understand why we have this bit because we already know he's dead. Maybe it's just another chance to check out Charlie's manly chest. And seeing Craig being flummoxed by something. 
Right. Back in the flat. That's not nearly as, as appealing. No. No. Well, it did make me laugh. Back in the flat, Toya deletes Imran's message, <gasps> then realizes what she's done. <gasps> and that is how we end this week's episode. Yeah, that was shocking to me. It's like, this is the last thing you'll ever hear. And I don't know if you paid attention that there was, she has no other saved messages on her phone. No, this was the only saved message on her phone. It's the last she'll ever hear of Imran's voice. And she deletes it. She is not Daniel here. <laughs> Do you want to be the first person to tell Toya the uh, inconvenient truth? You don't really delete these messages. These messages aren't deleted. They say they're deleted. It's just not, uh -huh. it's just not on your phone. But it's retrievable. Right. Yeah. So if, if say, for example, the police are sniffing round about mm -hmm. you, if they want to they see already, if they have any messages, they already, they'll find it. They already know, though, don't they? Yeah. And they could probably check Imran's phone now, to this, see that... Yeah. This, this, this felt less like her deleting it to hide evidence. Agreed. As a, It felt more like just deleting it just as an automatic thing because she doesn't want to hear it. And She's, then realizing, oh my God, I've just deleted the last thing he ever said to me after I told him I hated him. And then he died after saving my life. Yeah, I'm not sure if, um, if she was just washing herself off him at that point. Right. Oofed. But then, yeah, she doesn't check her deleted items, does she? Oofed. Oofed. Delete. Go into deleted items oh, and yeah. delete again. Yeah. It's like you have to delete your pictures twice. Right. So anyway. Because <laughs> they don't, they just go to a different folder. They don't go right. away. Right. Right. Come over here, Toy and Willis. It's like we'll how many, how it's like are. how many times I've had to delete that stupid U2 album. Oh, yeah, that's. It's still on my phone. Yeah. And that was like three phones ago. <laughs> I'm still deleting that stupid stuff. Right. So, Yeah. That was it. That was that was. The that week. was the week that was. Uh, it was, like we said at the start, I think, very much, what, what I want from a, a, a big week. Yes, a straightforward storyline, not veering too far. No gangsters from it. No floating guns, but also no, you know, trying to wedge in little tiny storylines along the way that that breaks things up because yeah. that's annoying could you have stood for maybe five minutes uh brian and kathy during this yeah it was i mean as we pointed out there were a few things like the the cop complaining that kev took the car in the fact that we see a flashback to something that toya could have never witnessed yep. you know the cop questioning Toya quite heavily while she's concussed and in a hospital bed right? and without giving her a chance to call a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Of course, her lawyer is dead now. But anyway, she could have called Adam and that could have been the way that Adam finds out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I think we had characters doing what you would expect characters to do in those situations. Nobody yes. was doing 
nobody was going completely off grid. No, here you know this has been building up for for months now. Yes, that that Toya has been so clear with with Imran that there's no more lies. There's right. no more lies, and and Imran, as much as I love him, every time he says no more lies within within a scene. Right, he's lying again. He's he's already lying again. He just right. he just can't help himself, and I think he's doing it for what he thinks are the right reasons. Right, he thinks he's being noble. And noble here. reasons, right? Right, yeah. But at the end of the day, when when you've split up with somebody, and when she's taking you back from arguably one of the worst things that you could possibly do to Toya is right. get another woman pregnant. Yeah, you know that's that's, right. that's hurt. Not that he did it of, on purpose, but that's what he did. Right. And she forgave him. And she took him back. And he still lied to her. Yeah. But he did it for her. Apparently. He wanted to give her that family. Right, yeah. He wanted to give her what she always wanted. Or 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 what he wanted and he tried to reframe it into what she wanted to make him feel better about it. Here's the thing though. Imran never wanted a family. Until he got together with Toya, and yeah. Toya wanted a family. Mm. So, you remember, she's the one who talked him into fostering in the first place. But, yeah, everybody was everybody was good. The acting was great. Like I said, we, we got to see things, like driving through Manchester, that we never really get to see. We, we, we got a very focused story. The lighting was good. All the way through, the sound was good. All the way through, you don't think the sound was a little intrusive because you can tell that it's a special week when there's incidental music and there's there's a little bit of SFX going on. Yeah, but it wasn't like weird, wobbly, fisheye camera work, <laughs> no, like when Summer is about ready to collapse because her sugar's too high, you know. Or you know, or, or Carla's going into a mental break. Or when 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 uh, Kelly's scoring Spice a few months ago, right? And then complains about on people Alderaan. being on drugs. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I it, it didn't feel it didn't feel like they were depending upon gimmicks the way that they have in the recent past with Super Soap Weeks. You no, know, the, 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 arguably the only gimmick was Costa Rica, and that's not really a gimmick. It was just a, such a strange choice. Right. It was It was a random choice. But again, you know, it wasn't a fisheye lens. No. It wasn't, you know, building a scene below the street. Yeah, there was no sewers built for right. this. Right. There were no sewers built for this. It was just a street that actually already exists in Manchester that they were driving down. Um, it would be quite funny just that uh, <laughs> they were, after Toya crashes into the wall that Johnny just walked by. <laughs> That's how you know your deed. <laughs> yeah, it was it it things happened. We had this car crash. But it was character led and it was story led all the way through. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like. Give me more of that. Give me more of that and stop relying on gimmicks and floating guns. Yeah, I think and there were no guns involved. Nobody drew a gun. Not even the cops drew guns. Right. Nobody drew a gun throughout this whole storyline. I think it's it's my favorite 
It's so nice. I think it's my favourite big week that we've had since we started doing this. Nobody drew a gun. I was so happy. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was absolutely. I think this is, this is, yes, more of this, please. And kudos to, to the writers and the directors and the actors. This was, this was a, a good week. I, I, I'm hard pressed to pick one moment. Well, I think I think we have to give it to Georgia explaining death to Alfie. Yeah, that that little scene and and the writing by Ian Kershaw on that. Mm-hmm. I think credit obviously there where it's absolutely due that that the words that he gave mm-hmm. and the way that that allowed Georgia to interpret them the way that she did. I think yeah. I think I think really made that right. I was just. I think for a character that we love, a flawed character that we love mm-hmm. to leave the show, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think I can reckon on a better way for, right, for Imran to die and for, I can argue about the actual right. specifics yes. of it, right? But for that at that moment, for for Imran to die and for Charlie to leave, I think he's. You want to go out with a bang, right? Right. You want to go out in a way that's going to be remembered, and I think this week will be remembered. I mean, yes. it, it wasn't a factory collapsing, and it wasn't no. a fight in a sewer. No. Like we said, but I think the way that they've done this has been... With a sinkhole. Has, has <laughs> been kind of remarkable, and I think it'll, it'll stay, in, stay in my memory, certainly as, as a as a high watermark for, for doing the Britain's Got Talent week. Absolutely. And, and doing it justice and not doing it in such a way that we are looking forward to the next week when it's all back to normal again. Right, yeah. I think there was enough normal about it mm-hmm. to to make it feel like a, a regular, yes. if, if exceptional, week of Coronation Street. Yes. So, yeah, that was the week that was Coronation Street. Our moment of the week, I guess, is, is going Georgia to be... explaining death to Alfie. Yeah. It was just... It was so good and it was so on point and mm-hmm. uh, you just flawless acting by Georgia. Flawless and I, I read a, an interesting article just before we started this by uh, Duncan Lindsay and the Metro about how this is such a great move by Corey putting Georgia Taylor front and center of the big storyline yeah. that, that's going on. You know, we, we've had Yasmin in that position we've mm-hmm. had abby in that position in the past having georgia take her turn she's already shown i think that she's got to knock it out of the park yeah so yeah, absolutely exciting times but yeah that is our moment of the week here's a tricky question for you though what was your bone moment of the week you're right this is tricky you have something I could see it on your face. I don't. I'm just thinking about how much of a grass kettle is. I don't. I don't understand this fixation you have with grasses. Don't grass. Like you wouldn't tell the cops if you saw somebody doing something against someone that you cared about. I'm lucky enough not to be in the position of being on the television, so it doesn't really matter what I do. Ah, <laughs> uh, is it? Is it the part of the flashback where they declare the time of death of Imran? No. Where we, we already know he's dead, so we don't really need this, and it's weird because who is flashing back at this point? 
No, I don't really think that's that's boring. Um, I think it, it, it could be Cousin Kirsty's birthday. Oh, God. Yeah, because that was just, that was ridiculous, wasn't it? Have we ever met Cousin Kirsty? I don't think has, so. Has she ever been mentioned on the show before? Not, not that I can recall. I'm, I'm sure somebody will correct us if we're wrong or when we're wrong, but I don't, I don't recall. It just made me think of Kirsty McCall and she's dead. See, I was thinking about Kirsty Alley, who is not yet dead. No. We all die. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that. It's better than crying. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Cousin Kirsty is our boring moment of the week. A boring moment. It of feels the week. like that's a that's a stretch. There wasn't really very much that was. There was no real fat on this that you could no. cut out. And the boring moment of the week typically is something that you don't really well, need. Well, see, right? that's why I suggested that flashback, because that's like the one thing that I can think of that we didn't really need. Cousin we... Kirsty was a ridiculous, <laughs> just thrown in there as an excuse for, you know, we can't go to Costa Rica now. There was a bit that was uh, the Richard Ashcroft impersonation by Abby, but I don't think that was really boring. No. She upset somebody though as she was walking in the street. Is it is it is it Ben attempting to flirt with Kelly? Creepily. No, it's cousin Kirsty. We've already mentioned we're, that. We're, yeah, we're, we're done. done. We're done. It's done. We're done. All right then. So let us know what you thought about this week. Yeah, it was a good week. Let us know. You can get in touch with us. We're at the talk of the street at gmail.com and we're at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can check me and Helen a coffee by heading to ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street. Check out the clicky clicky section of boggle.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode. Thank you. And we will be back next week. What's more? Uh, talk of the street. The talk of the street. Bye. Cheerio.